This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. महात्म्यम so we did a story and we were going to start a new story in this but i will just read the summary of what this chapter contains in this chapter shripad shri vallabh teaches about the shani pradosha puja mahima to ambika who is in a state of desperation came to the river with the intention of drowning herself along with her blockheaded son he narrates how a shepherd woman was born as yashoda in her next life through the merit earned by her by merely watching the shani pradosha puja and becoming the foster mother of lord shri krishna shripad shrivallabh also blessed the blockheaded son of ambika and endowed him with all the shastric knowledge and wisdom in this chapter is also described the emergence of the mahakaleshwar jyotirlinga as a result of the shani pradosha puja done with deep devotion by the shepherd boy so this is a recap so let me continue with the story once upon a time there lived a king named chandrasena in ujjain he had a friend by name manibhadra so just to again remind you this is an anecdote which is being narrated by shripad shrivallabh to this lady that is ambika He had a friend by name Manibhadra, an ascetic, and who was deeply devoted to Lord Maheshwara. Lord Maheshwara, very much pleased with Manibhadra's devotion, gave him the celestial gem in the shape of Markanta Linga. This gem, by its mere touch, could turn iron into gold, and fulfill any wish of the person who wore it. Manibhadra gifted the gem to. Chandrasena which brought great prosperity to his people and the kingdom all the kings and people of other regions came to know about the gem some of the neighboring kings wanted to get possession of the gem and they plotted and invaded ujjain this is exactly what happens possessions are very dangerous if you want something precious or priceless everybody else wants it then what happens then there's enmity then somebody is wanting to kill you so that they can get that particular uh, you know gem property whatever that might be so which they want to possess which is only with you so it's also in this the lesson is also that if you have something if you own the whole world is going to come after you again a very beautiful lesson at the end of this guru charitra we will be studying about the 24 principal gurus of lord dattatre in that one of the principal guru is one of the bird which is having a morsel of food in its beak and it it's flying and all other birds are flocking behind it just to get that little food from its mouth now what happens the moment the food the piece of food drops down everybody vanishes away similar is the story when you have wealth any possession 
it is always coveted by others there are other people waiting it could be your family members your kitten kin it could be your relatives friends you name it everybody wants that it's the same thing as well in this world everybody is fighting for a position everybody wants to come to power and yesterday we saw an history where um, in united states the new presidential announcement happened the new president took over the you know uh, in the white house there was a oath taking ceremony where president joe biden and kamala harris who's the vice president now imagine that position is coveted everybody wants to be in that position isn't everybody fighting to win the election it's the same story even in a corporate i somebody wants to become a ceo somebody wants to become a vice president you name it everybody's running after a position but please remember everything is transient today you are there in the power you are there in the position but tomorrow you might not be there so nothing is permanent the only thing that is permanent is god alone the truth alone is permanent in this world in in the entire universe that is to eternity so what are we running after what is that we want to covet whatever is created is only transient and it has to perish someday so what was created also has to be destroyed that is why we say go after the truth don't run after something which is very transient it's momentary what you had can never be now what you have now you can't have tomorrow so one of the beautiful lesson which lord buddha also teaches has taught rather is is to live in the here and the now to be absolutely complete you know live that moment whether it is pain whether it is joy whether you like it or not like it why not live that moment you know completely being lost in it you know 100% you know what happens to us we don't like something and that time we struggle and we fight every single day like yesterday my krishna guruji was telling it is not about your likes and dislikes why do you think you like certain job you don't like certain job everything you have to see it as you know god given to you and serve it with absolute sincerity nothing is small and nothing is big we think some of the tasks in our life are very menial oh why should i do this this is not my job but who says so and that is why my krishna guruji teaches us by setting himself as an example he will perform every action every duty every job to the highest of his not ability i would say to the highest perfection he is the perfect being he shows how to you know he sets an example he shows practically by doing it and that is why today he is teaching us to his disciples and devotees how should we set an example for the future generations for the world to follow if we don't do then the world is not going to do so he teaches there is no menial task and that is one of the reasons why it is said that the one of the way to attain spiritual being is to do seva unto the lotus feet of the guru what does seva mean seva means when we come and do service like you know in the ashram when you visit the ashram wherever the guru is residing see ashram doesn't mean you need a fan is a, is a place you know that's a concept it's been given in in the olden times there was this concept where you live in a forest there is an ashram a particular sage is living there so that was a different times today in the kali yuga we we are not interested in those kind of ashrams because that is again becomes very political it it's again involving money there's so many things comes about i'm not saying this right or wrong i'm only saying the real masters will not get into that they want to have 
an ashram which is where people can come and take refuge they can come and study they can come and learn at them you know with them but the point is that in today's day and age the attitude to learn is missing because we all come with big you know our big bloated ego we think no end of ourselves we think some we are some great god almighty and we cannot do certain jobs in those days everybody would go to the ashram at a certain age early on in their life itself and they would come to being with the guru to get that knowledge to learn the ropes of everything whatever that they have to do in their world the guru would teach they had two kinds of guru one is the spiritual master and one is the raj guru the raj guru would teach the you know the future kings how to rule the kingdom in a righteous manner they would teach them the different arts but the the spiritual master will also guide them on the path of spirituality like shri ram did learn from vashishta muni about how to you know becomes how he attained this spiritually but yet he had to go back in the world and do his duty as a king so he was a perfect king he he always followed the righteous path that is very important so it was an example he set how to be a good you know good king now king means what he's a ruler and today who's a ruler those who are in the power you know and who are who are being given that position to lead this world so today all the ceos if you see the you know the 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 ministers or the presidents who are given the responsibility to rule a country to rule the people to take care of their people but what happens we have astray you know we have gone astray the path because we are following a lot of unrighteous things there is a lot of adharma happening and that is why the god the divine being manifests itself in various incarnations to establish the dharma back so what is important that we need to have the seva bhava we should not go after running after material worldly possessions don't not to fall into the lust and greed because that is not going to take us anywhere this is something you need to understand most important so at krishna ashram my guruji will do all the tasks he teaches how to even cook how to even you know do the simplest of the things an example could be he last week my guruji was giving me an understanding how pearls are you know made so he said do you know how pearls are made or how how did pearl come into existence so this is a very simple thing he asked me you know you are a woman you like to wear pearls but do you know how pearls are made or how did pearl come into existence and i had no answer for that question what does it mean that i have not educated myself we we are all very narrow no we 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 want to wear something we want to look nice but we've never had the curiosity or the inquisitiveness to go and learn about that subject and that time he said he gave me a very high level understanding about how the pearls came into existence what happens i was amazed i was awed and then i said oh now i'm going to go and study about it and when i went and looked up some of the documentaries uh, and how the pearl came into existence it amazed me oh my god i felt absolutely stupid because i've never bothered to figure it out i've never bothered to learn about the subject and i you know what and i also learned that every subject that you take it itself is a limitless ocean so the god's creation is amazing how deep do you want to go every subject is like that so similarly spirituality is is, a, is beyond anybody's reach it is not an easy thing yesterday in das bodh satsang my krishna guruji has again reiterated the same thing how it is very important to go back and practice how it is to important to reread over and over and over again till the time that knowledge embeds within us very firmly with absolute that that fructification of 
knowledge should happen within our being so that tomorrow when you walk that path even though in, there can be any kind of obstacles that come about you are able to apply that knowledge and proceed and progress ahead that is extremely important and that is a missing piece in our life and the reason being we have never paid attention or we have never bothered to go and study get educated educated doesn't mean getting a formal education you know there was a time in my life which i have many a time said i wanted to go and study in harvard i wanted to get an mba degree harvard was my passion and anything below that i couldn't cope up i didn't want to study so i dropped off of uh, i i joined to college and i dropped off in the sense yeah it was to part time or i just got you know one full time course but i didn't feel that was the institution i wanted to get educated so my money went waste but that doesn't matter but today i'm grateful why because i have the Uh, the Harvard of <laughs> I I study in the Harvard where nobody has entry into today. My great Krishna Guruji is there with me, who is the master of all subjects. He gives me all the knowledge. It is for me to use that and study. It is that I have to put that effort. The effort is required from my end. I know it's not enough to match him. Is in case it's it's impossible by anybody because he's so powerful. He's he's that knowledge himself. Can you imagine? And you have to study. How much can you take from it? Just a drop. even that is very less that's all we can absorb because this body has only that much of capacity so what you need to do you have to put extraordinary effort that is what lord shri krishna says it doesn't work so easily you have to put extraordinary effort see there is no magic actually and this is the truth that i have understood it doesn't mean that you you know the divine beings manifest uh, and they are going to do everything magic that something will touch you and then everything is going to turn into uh, you know like the cinderella story there's no magic like that the magic is what you can do how can you make by you know putting that effort and when you look back over a period of time then you'll understand oh my god i'm so grateful for that learning i'm so grateful for those lessons because that is what has made me who i am today and who i will become tomorrow and this is exactly how i feel with my krishna guruji every single day is it's every single day is a day by itself there's no one day which was similar like another day there's always been that you know there are different things that happens through the day through the journey it's beautiful sometimes you feel it's tough i don't know how am i going to go through that but please remember have that faith the one who has put you through is the one who will make you sail through it but it is important that you learn effort is a must so when my krishna guruji taught this i was amazed i said you know we've never got educated educated again i was giving an understanding of what education means it's not about a curriculum that you have to learn education means you need to have knowledge about this world knowledge about different subjects which is going to help you in your material world but we think only the bookish knowledge is knowledge that you get some first class i'm a, i'm a you know mba graduate from harvard mit or wherever i have a phd you know doctorate in something does that make anything yeah education formal education is a must it's only you know it's it's it builds your foundation for something that you have to go in your life but that's not it all there is much more to that and this is the education which my guruji teaches my krishna guruji teaches to everybody but the problem is today there is nobody with that caliber to learn that knowledge from him unfortunately we all learn very little you know the the kind of effort that my krishna guruji will put himself he says even after doing all his work he'll still have eight hours he spends in just studying he doesn't have to study in the sense he keeps reading something he 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 watches all along the day in the sense about news about subjects it's amazing how he does that 
and I feel I'm nowhere. It's not about comparison. Let me be honest. It's not about comparison. He is always. Nobody can compare to him. There is nobody. He's incomparable. Nobody can even, you know, say you can match his level. No one is born today in this world. But we have to at least live that bit. Whatever that is possible within ourselves. That is why he teaches, right? We have to become the best version of ourselves. It is not about comparing you to another person. It is not about, oh, somebody has got this knowledge. I don't have. See, you're perfect in your place. Please remember, God has made you for a certain purpose. You need to understand what are your strengths and evolve on that path alone. There is nobody you. There's no other you in this world. So God has made you in a particular manner. You're unique. But have you even, you know, left, unraveled your own potentials? No, that is what my Krishna Guruji teaches. How do you become the best version of who you are? Sometimes when he teaches a lot of things, I feel, oh my God, I'm nowhere. But that's okay to feel because that is when we will drive ourselves to learn, you know, to study. That thirst has to always be there, that I have to study, I have to learn. The only way to evolve is most important is you have to have that knowledge, that passion to learn. Even spirituality, when we go back yesterday, what was my Guruji teaching? He said, once we, you know, shut down the scripture and put it back in the library, we're not going to go back and look at it. No, it's important to reread. That is why these scriptures are repeated over and over again. Why do you think we do the Parayan every year? Because it's not just a year. You can do it even two times, three times, depending on how many other times you want to do. There is no restrictions, but it is your passion, your inclination to go deeper in a subject. How much you, how much these subjects mean to you? That is what is important. So go study. Studying is an important thing, which I have never done, but it's better late than never. It's okay. I can even do it today. Yeah, one of the, I, I, again, he taught one of the most important things. What is missing in us, us today in, in the age of Kali is discipline because we are all tamasic. We, we are so indisciplined. That's where we fail. The first point of discipline itself we fail. So what do we need to achieve is become disciplined in our life. How do you do that? You have to put extraordinary effort. It's not going to happen overnight. And when you do that over continuously in a consistent manner, over, you know, after many years, that becomes an effortless activity for you. You don't have to put effort. But till then, you have to keep struggling, struggling hard. Why? Because we have not been attuned to doing that right from our child because our parents have pampered us you know we've been pampered by grandparents everybody so we've never taught to wake up at 4 a.m we've never been told all that yeah they wake up early we say yeah you have to wake up in the morning and study but nobody taught us that we have to do it every single day they will allow us to sleep they will pamper us to eat all that is done so where is the fault lies the fault lies is oh my child has to sleep why because they themselves didn't follow so how are they going to teach you and sometimes you know They'll, they'll say the parents will teach the children but the children will not want to listen beyond a point the parents says okay I can't do anything about it and they give up on you but you know what a great guru doesn't do that you know who's the best guru in fact Ramakrishna Paramahamsa Ji has um, you know talked about this in the uh, gospel of Sri Ramakrishna and in that he says the, the highest of the gurus the greatest masters will not only open the mouth and put the medicine in you but he will ensure that the medicine goes and it has an impact that is what my Krishna Guruji does to all of us, the way he teaches. He'll ensure that we become that divine being. There is no two ways about that. Yeah, many a time he'll say the choice is in your hand. In the sense, he's done this part of the deal. See, he can take the horse to the water, but it is for the horse's job to drink the water. He can't make the horse drink the water. In the sense, at least he does that. He puts the medicine and pushes it, you know, into our throat. But at the end of the day, 
yeah, the medicine will have to work and I still have to put up self-effort. But if I don't do that, then whose fault is it? Can I blame my Guruji? No, it's very easy to blame the master, you know, because we are his representation. And sometimes I feel terrible because if we represent him in any wrong way, the world is not going to blame you. The world is going to blame your Guru. And please never earn a bad name for your Guru. Your Guru is an amazing being. Whoever that Guru might be, he has not taught anything bad to you. On the contrary, every Guruji will teach all the right things. I'm talking about the real masters, not the fake Gurus in this world. Who themselves don't live those lessons and where is the question of even them teaching anybody. So forget about that. I'm only talking about the great saints like Ramakrishna Paramahamsarji or Sai Baba or Ramana Maharishi. So these are the great gurus. You know, they, they had their own disciples and they taught some beautiful lessons in life. On the real spirituality. Similarly, I'm talking about my Krishna Guruji. So it is for us to live the lesson. And so that we can represent him in the most beautiful manner because he has taught all the beautiful things for us. He has, he has worn himself out for all of us and still wearing himself out. So we cannot represent him in a bad light. Sometimes I feel sad that when we don't behave in a proper manner, it reflects only on our Guruji. But our Guruji has not told us to do that. So what makes you or anybody think that we should behave in a bad manner? No. Learn his lessons and one of the lessons he was teaching as part of Das Bodh is to emulate the Guru. What is that you need to emulate? How divine he is. Emulate all his good qualities. Don't, don't become, you know, that mean personality. Give up yourself and emulate what your Guru is. It's very important. And in this also, why the stories within stories? It is only to show him how to become divine. How to overcome Shripad, Shri Vallabh. What did he come and do as a manifestation? He's only teaching everybody, telling, showing a path to the people. Those two, you know, the, the real spiritual seekers, those who are pious, those who are devoted to the divine and his disciples and devotees, they all come to establish the faith in the divine. So coming back, all the kings and people of other regions came to know about the gem. Some of the neighboring kings wanted to get possession of the gem and they plotted and invaded Ujjayi. That day happened to be Shani Prayodashi day. And the king, as was his as was his wont, want, was engaged in worship in the Shiva temple. Although he was told about the invasion of his kingdom by the king's enemies, he remained unperturbed and unmoved and did not leave for his from his place of worship. One of the cowhead cowherd boys saw the king's worship and he also was seized with a desire to worship. He picked up a round stone and started worshipping it as a Shivlinga. It was getting late in the night, but the boy remained totally absorbed in the puja. As is your faith, so are your experiences. Even the stone can convert itself into God. What is your faith? So it's your faith that we can, where you can manifest anything you want. But first, to be, have that kind of faith, you need to become a pure being within your heart. Your mind cannot have any wrong thoughts, ill will, you know, jealousy, avarice, anger, greed, desires. None of this can reside there. And when you have all of this, God cannot manifest in that place. Please remember. One of the, yeah, he picked up a round stone and started worshipping it as a shivalinga. It was getting late in the night, but the boy remained totally absorbed in the puja. As the boy did not return home while all his companions returned back, his mother felt worried. She came searching for him and found him doing his worship. 
She asked him to stop the puja and return home along with her instantly. But the boy refused to move from there. The mother got furious and threw out the stone, which he was worshipping as the Shivalinga. The boy felt very unhappy and distressed at the sacrilege committed by his mother in her anger. He thought he should atone for it by giving up his life. Lord Shiva was very much moved by the anguish and the sincere and deep devotion of the boy and appeared before him in linga form, dazzling with a million sun's effulgence. It was the manifestation of the Jyotirlinga. Along with the Jyotirlinga emerged by itself a magnificent temple, the Mahakaleshwar temple. Can you imagine this is the kind of devotion you need? Where the Lord becomes so pleased with you that he manifests. Can you manifest? That's what I'm saying. Your, you know, it's it's a stone. It can be just a stone, but you can manifest the divinity in that. With your faith, with your Shraddha and Bhakti, with the kind of devotion that you can show. So what is being taught here? All these things only a play to tell you that it is possible. You can also do this. You are this divine being. Why do you think you don't have this in you? But you need to first become pure, pure with it. So that is why purification of your heart and mind and surrender unto the lotus feet of the Guru is extremely important. You have to become very pure. Your thoughts have to be absolute pure. And it has to be selflessly. There should be unconditional love for every being in this world. There's nothing to possess. Please remember, even God cannot be possessed. No, even like sometimes, yesterday I was telling something. I watched a very interesting movie. Movie had there's no story, but to me, I was able to just you know apply that to my own spiritual world that I look into. So for me, what I saw there was an viraha bhakti. In a sense, you have the object, but you can't get that. You love something the most. You know what is the way in, in the material world when you have when you when you want something, you love them something that you love the most. It could be uh, your boyfriend. You have some uh, lover boy. I don't know, you have a beloved, you love them the most. But the, what is the ultimate thing, the desire is, I have to get married. I want to possess. He has to become mine. But in the Lord Almighty's world, nobody can possess me. But you know how beautiful the Viraha Bhakti is? That love and separation, it's like, you know, you can't own Lord Sri Krishna. You can only own him in your heart. Even there, you can't possess him. You can't possess the divine. So you you love him so much. Your 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 love grows so deep. You know it's the it's an it's the tishnagi. You know that uh, it's so it it goes beyond the sky. I mean this these were my words. You know th these are my words always. But tishnagi for you have to grow every moment. Where every thirst, every breath of mine is only to seek you. It's only to be in love with you. It's not about owning that. There is no, there's no culmination that has to happen. But what happens in the material world is you love someone and the, the culmination of that is, okay, I want to get married. Then after marriage, the honeymoon period is only three months. Forget about that love. That love gets out of the window in no time like that. Then it becomes very contractual. You know, I scratch my back, you scratch my back. Then everybody's there in for a reason. There is no love there. It is a transaction that happens. But in the divine world, Lord's world, it is the real love. That love where you are not wanting to, you know, culminate something. It, it's not about that love culminating into something. It's just that that love grows. You know, it's it's like that Athanga Sagar. It's limitless. That love grows every single moment in time. Your viraha becomes so intense. 
and you just don't know why you're crying you're there but you don't you just can't imagine what you want you don't know what you want also it's that deep that intensity with which you love the lord you you just don't want anything else but you're seeking him in everything there is something still wanting that wanting i i see i cannot comprehend in words adequately i'm sorry i'm just trying to make a best possible effort to describe how it feels because this is exactly what i go through like my lord shri krishna can be right in front of me still i crave i crave so intensely you know i i just cannot i don't know how to explain that is viraha bhakti you can have him yet you are craving for him you can't achieve it there is no culmination of something that can happen you don't know what is that you are wanting you don't know why you are crying there's so much of intensity of that love and that is only a divine love you can't feel this love for any ordinary human being this love this bhakti is only felt for that lord divine lord shri krishna alone and that is what radha rani attained she could see lord shri krishna in everything okay that is raghavanuga bhakti which is a highest form of prema prema we say prema is the ultimate thing because you can see everything is lord shri krishna alone to get to that level first we have to overcome our mind body senses ego wants desires lust greed likes dislikes you cannot have anybody else in your life except that one being she made every pore of her being could only chant lord shri krishna she could only see lord shri krishna in the vrindavan everything had turned lord shri krishna including the calf the cow the trees the bee she would look at the bumblebee there's a very beautiful story about how you know i've actually narrated i'm not going to go into the deep because there are too many stories we need to do so just an example where she's talking to the bee and she says krishna you are such a mean person you know you keep going like this you know to from one flower to the other she just how she's trying to tell him you know you're you're going with all the gopis in her mind and you don't care about me how beautiful is that can you imagine you are experiencing that divine that is the highest form of love it is not about getting that object when you get that object there is nothing in that please let me tell you but that crave to wanting that divine grows and that is what has to happen every single day your devotion will grow it it is so indescribable why you are crying you don't know see people think it's emotion i tell don't be so stupid it is not emotion it is devotion the tears that flow in from your eyes is only an expression through this body that is all it is it is about expression the expression happens in few ways and it is beautifully explained in shrimad bhagavatam what are these expressions either you will cry you know you will just be in a blissful state you don't know what is happening to you and you'll horripilate on your body these are the expressions that happens within your you know this body that is all the form of expression is there is nothing beyond that and i know some people will say oh we laugh i don't know what what, what can you laugh about but the, the in in devotion i don't know if there is a law that viraha you know it's tearing you apart inside you know you want it you know you so intensely you want it and you just don't know how to what to do because you know this is the object but you can't have it and can you believe that but that love is the most profound love of all i'm sorry i can go on talking about this because it's my most favorite subject so let me come back <laughs> so the point i'm driving home is it is that bhakti that will make the jyotirling manifest so do you have that bhakti that is what is important 
that bhakti is what you have to experience it is not about telling i am a devotee of sai baba i am a devotee of somebody but can you even manifest sai baba just saying becoming a devotee of sai baba doesn't sai baba will not come can you manifest him that is have to be your bhakti you think baba can't come and stand in front of you of course he will come and stand in front of you but not in the way you think oh baba has to wear a kafni he is that, that you know we have a idea of that image which is em, em, imprinted and embedded in our mind and what no brain this is brain mind is mind okay <laughs> so don't think mind is here so what is that we are wanting we only want to see baba in that form it's not going to come in that form he is that form is over baba can manifest in any which way we want but you have the eyes and the grace to see that no because you are already fixed don't fix your mind on to something you know just seek for the grace from baba that baba when you appear give me that grace to recognize you baba can come in any he can come in this man in, in my own body in, he can manifest like me will you recognize if he is a woman oh how can baba be a woman no they can manifest in any being they just come to you know show you that they are there it doesn't mean baba has to only be an old man because it's a it's a tattva it's a guru tattva the principle can manifest in any any body tangible intangible doesn't matter but you have the grace you will not accept it no so how can you accept even the lord the lord can manifest in any form but it is your you know your absolute faith that the stone can become a jyotirlinga shivji himself will manifest and show you the jyotirlinga but are you capable are you in worthy that is why baba says in baba's poti it is mentioned you have to become spiritually deserving and who does who gives you who who does the evaluation the guru himself the para brahma himself will evaluate whether you are worthy of it or not so please become spiritually deserving because it, as is your faith so are your experiences and the next thing is how much effort you put in so much is what you will experience so without effort nothing is going to come to you but don't even say that okay i am putting the effort which means i have to get my returns no the moment you think like that then no returns are going to come we have to do it selflessly and don't bother about the end result when the lord has to manifest he will but you crave for him you don't give up he will manifest have that shraddha and bhakti that is the most important thing the guru bhakti is the highest form of worship for the divine for you to have the god realization and for the divine to manifest so have that guru bhakti the boy prayed shiva to pardon his mother for the sacrilege she had committed lord shiva said that the boy's mother had already earned great merit as she had witnessed the puja which he the boy was doing with such great devotion and because of what and because of that she would be having god himself as her child in her next birth see can believe just the merit of watching that puja even though she committed a big sacrilege you can't do something like this please remember you cannot come you know there is a very important thing that you need to understand see we, sometimes we don't know what we are doing so always keep in check your control sometimes not necessarily this is the going to be the uh, end result sometimes things can go against you as well then god will vanish away out of your life you cannot come and question god and don't don't try to come and question somebody else's faith we are nobody to question someone else's faith god is to each his own if you want to worship in some form you worship but don't try to tell what others have to do or not do you don't come and question an example my krishna guruji has always taught you know when we travel we travel to different countries and different places and we learn over there 
what is that they they follow what kind of worship do they follow we learn an example we went to bali so we it's a most beautiful place and bali has a huge significance there is a very beautiful story about the uh, the snake kaliya and varun dev lives there the beautiful place is tana lot and that is exactly where you have to go and there are few other important holy places and in fact we will write about this and we will also post our video we have a new channel coming up so get ready and you know gear up to watch our you know our unraveling of the spiritual truths about the some of the holiest places in this world and most important in india about the great sages and the saints so let us travel to unravel so coming back so what does it mean so over there every so in bali the way they worship is the manifest form and sorry the unmanifest so there are no idol there are no images of gods inside but we have to follow if we need to enter their temple we will have to wear the kabaya we have to follow the local tradition and culture so we cannot come and question the culture it is extremely important please understand when you go to some place you need to first learn to respect that place the authorities the the people the culture the tradition don't try to bring your mind or your culture and tell oh why is this why you can question with humility and you can learn and ask and learn but don't try to you know derogate or talk in a very sarcastic manner or try to think that you are some god almighty and some great person in this world who's come and who tries to question everything please don't come with that attitude you will be thrown out thrown out from that place not by any people the universe will work its magic and you will get out from that place please remember this so when we went to bali so we were we said okay we want to do a temple tour so the condition is if you have to enter the temple in bali we will have to off do the offerings only then can we be allowed to enter the temple and we have to get the local priests to come and perform those pujas so first time it was the most beautiful experience with my guruji my krishna guruji myself and very grateful is a very beautiful lady again a disciple of my krishna guruji vayan patrini so she was instrumental again she was very kind to then you know bring all these things show us that be the guide she was she's a tourist guide that's her profession and she was so kind enough that she she literally taught us everything i mean she showed us everything she told us about how we need to do what we need to do and then every temple we went with her and then she carried she bought those offerings she told us what all we have to do so it was very nice to learn so every single time we visited bali it has been a very beautiful learning itself that learning experience is amazing and it doesn't mean you can learn in one day yeah you can get some amount of learning and then what happened is when my guruji went to one of the temple that he met the priest brihaspati himself over there and he was talking about how the temple came into existence what is that they have done and also there's a shiplinga which they have uh, it's i can't remember uh, right but i think the shiplinga they had bought it somewhere from india or kailash i don't remember so i'm sorry but i will come back to you on that so he was showing all those idols and telling us what it is so he he felt very appreciated because we respected their culture we followed their tradition so he thought that people other you know if people come from other culture or other religion they will they might not want to follow it so when we showed you know our humility like my krishna guruji went and you know bowed down to him and asked him questions he was so humble enough in showing us around and explaining the real significance of it 
So this was a very important lesson that you don't come and throw your weight and ego and around thinking that you're some great normal, you know, some great being. So please remember to show your humility. First, respect another other people's culture, what they do, ask them, give them that respect. And this is a very important lesson that I learned. And when we did, so much of information came, so much of you know, experience happened, a lot of beautiful things. And it is very humbling to meet such divine beings who exist on this planet Earth. So that is when you get the grace to meet these people. So a big lesson, you know, don't try to take your knowledge or arrogance saying that, oh, I come from some great place. I know this, my land is this, I am some great thing. No, you're not great. Everybody is great in their own places. Learn to respect their culture, other people for who they are. And that's a very important lesson. Only then knowledge comes to you. And though my Guruji is all knowing, he went, he touched the feet of this Brihaspati. And because he was the Guru there, he's a head priest over there. And we have to bow down to them. This is what my Guruji teaches us. We have to give respect to everybody. And when we offer, we have to offer our respect. So when we went, we did the same thing all around. And such beautiful things happened. So many experiences. So many beautiful lessons. People who don't got access to go into the temple, into the Tana Lord. Only, we were only, we were allowed to go there. Why? Because we followed their culture and, you know, the tradition. So that is when people will value you. So this is one important lesson. No matter where you travel, respect that local authority, people, position. Because God has put them in that place. You are nobody to question that. Don't try to use your ego and tell, oh, I don't want to respect. Who is the they think they are? Don't ever do this. So my Krishna Guruji will always say, see, whether they are doing the right thing or not, that is not our business to judge. See, when God has given them that position and they are being put in that place, you have to respect them for who they are, no matter who they might be in your life or wherever you go. This is a very important lesson and don't forget it ever. And if you want to get knowledge, show your humility, not your ego and arrogance. With ego and arrogance, no knowledge will enter you. Nobody even will open up to you. Meanwhile, sorry. Yeah, meanwhile, the brilliance of the light emanating from the Jyotirlinga was spreading far and wide, far up the horizon and in all directions. The kings who attacked Ujjain saw the marvel and realized that Ujjain and its kings and its king were in divine hands and that it would be suicidal on their part to enter into a fight against such a king. So when you are a pious and devoted being, God himself protects you. Why? Because you are doing all the right things. Nothing, no calamity shall befall you. Please remember, God itself is the protector. You are under his firewall and his grace is always on you. No enemy can, nothing, nobody can even touch you. They can't even come closer to you. This is the way you need to earn the grace and devotion. But you have to be absolutely on the path of dharma and righteousness. You cannot astray. You cannot be mean. You cannot do anything wrong, say anything bad to anybody. My Krishna Guruji will always say this, you know. It is how you behave is what happens to you. Don't ever, you know, say anything bad against anybody. Because look, everybody is into their own karma. Why do you want to fall into that? Why do you want to get into a karmic bondage with anybody else? So we are not here to change the world. First, change yourself. Be the change you want to see in the world. Why are you getting there and telling the world has to change? See, the world is like that only. Anyway, they are going to go in the gutters. You don't worry about them. If they are going to commit some karma, they are anyway going there. Why are you committing? 
Why can't you change? It is important. The knowledge is coming to you, not to the world. If they, that's what my Krishna Guruji will tell. If they have to change, I will be teaching them, not you. So first, you change. Don't ask somebody else to change. This is exactly what he tells me. There's no two ways about it. My Guruji is very strict. Huh? Don't even <laughs> think that he's, he's easy going. Don't go by Epps appearance. He's very sweet. Sweet to the world. But to those he wants to make them perfect, he will give to kick on their <laughs> sorry, uh, butt. <laughs> and be very grateful for the kicks. The kicks are a blessing. It's not wrong. It's the most beautiful thing, the blessing that you can get from your Guruji because he cares about you. See, please remember, um, this is another very interesting thing. People like sweet talks. Everybody wants to be said, oh, you're how great you are, how sweet you are. You know, we all have to pander to everybody. When you pander, please remember your fall is sure. That's a lot of fake. And I've never, see, this is one important lesson I learned from my Krishna Guruji. Too many, but one most important lesson. See, when people pander to you, I didn't, I didn't, we all get elated. I didn't understand that they're just doing because they need some work done for me. I've never understood this. And obviously he'll say, you don't call yourself nice, that is your stupidity. Because you never understood the world, the truth about the world. And one day when, when he started showing me the truth, the reality of this world and people and life around me, I was heartbroken. It's like, you know, my pink color glasses completely crumbled and fell. I, and you know, all these fairy tales I believed in didn't exist in my life anymore. And that time, this too dawned, you know, everybody, whatever they say, whether it is good and bad, it doesn't make any sense because who are they to judge? They are using their stupid mind, ego and their arrogance and their own inadequacies to judge somebody and to say something about someone. Why? Because A, they want to be in that position or they are jealous of that person. It can only be any of these things. Why? Because they think they want to be there and they don't have it in their life. So please remember, if you if you were to be there, God would have made you there. No, then you are not meant to be there. So why are you trying to wanting somebody else's position or place or anything, right? Or even trying to be like someone. You don't have to be like anybody. You have to be the best version of yourself. This is one very important lesson which my Krishna Guruji teaches everybody. You have to become the best version of yourself. God has made you there, you know, has put you in that position, that body, because you are the perfect one for that role. Nobody else can play that role. Similarly, each one of us are perfect in that role. Why are we trying to uh, want somebody else's position or place? There is no need. So, and that time, my Krishna Guruji taught that, you know, if somebody is praising or somebody is saying something bad, it is only because it's their own, you know, what is going on in their mind. So then I realized, oh my God, it is for, it's not for anybody to judge me. Well, there's only one judge in this universe, which is the Lord Almighty. He needs to be pleased with me. I have to only please him, but not anybody else in this world. Please remember, I don't owe anything to anyone in this world. But I have to perform my duties as this body and to this, this you know, people in this world in a selfless service. Only selflessly is what I have to do. Not with an expectation that I need to get something or people have to be nice to me. And this is one thing that he keeps driving home the point. And don't get carried away by what somebody says nice to you or if somebody is saying bad to you. You know, um, say in the corporate world when we have to work, people will say some, you know, a lot of people say a lot of things. And sometimes they tell you to do even a menial job. So does that mean you have become small or have you lost your position? No. So Krishna, my Krishna Guruji teaches this. No work is small or big. You have to be able to do everything because you have to see God in everything. He'll say dirty your hands. Because if you are not hands on, how will you set an example? 
Why does my Guruji have to do lot of things? He doesn't have to. And in, in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Sri Krishna has very nicely explained, I there's nothing for me to achieve in this world, yet I have to come and do so that I can set the example. Only then the world will follow me. The world will do. That is the only reason why these great beings, the great gurus, show how to live, how to set an example in this world. And we are his representation. Like my Krishna Guruji is God himself. He is his own representation. Can God, can there be any fault in God? No, because we attribute God to be the most perfect being. So how can we, who are his reflection, can ever have this imperfection? So we have to strive for perfection. That is your goal. You have to make your life, you know, you have to make yourself, you know, that is that should be your life goal. Going towards that perfection and becoming as divine as possible. And overcome all this, you know, vrittis, tendencies, whatever that you have. It's not easy. But is it, is it impossible? No. When you have the Guru, what is not possible? Everything is possible. But you have to strive hard. Don't give up. It's okay. You might not, you know, you might be failing 100 times. But get up and still run. That is what is more important. Someday you will get there. Like, you know, in my case, like my Krishna Guruji will tell me, meditate. I've told him, you know what, my mind talks too much. I don't know how to meditate. And I was struggling. And one day he said a very beautiful thing. He said, you know, why, why stress yourself? You know what, just do it. Your job is to doing it. Don't worry about how the meditation happens, when it happens. If it has to happen, let the Lord make it happen. No, when he wants you to meditate, you will meditate. So why bother? But most important, you have to every single day sit for meditation. That is the sadhana you have to do. Whether the meditation happens or not is not in your hands. That is the point I am trying to make. The end result is not in your hands. So don't bother about it. Doing alone is your right. But not expecting what is the end result going to be. The fruits of actions are never in your hands. It is for the Lord to bestow that upon you. Why are you bothered about it? What should be the outcome? So this is very important. So enjoy. Even somebody is giving you that menial task. Do it. Why bother? Live that also. See, this moment will not come back again. You know what's the beauty of life? That this moment will not come back. What is there now will not be there. So go through this. It's only for a momentary in time. So what makes you think that this is permanent? No, it is not. So God will be pleased. He wants you to learn certain lessons. You know what is the lesson he wants you to learn here? No job is small, no job is big. And if somebody is praising you and somebody is giving you, insulting you, both should not affect you. That equanimity, that state of equanimity is what you have to attain. And when you do all of this, please remember, you are the child of God. What can befall on you? His grace is always there. Likewise, the God is watching the king. Can anything befall anybody? Any enemy can come closer to him? Not at all. So, they made peace with the king and returned to their kingdoms. Thus, Ujjain remained safe. The king and the people remaining unscathed by the enemy's attack. And all this was possible. Due to the power of Shani Pradosha Puja. See, most important again, this is all, like I said, this rituals, pariharams, remedies, remedial measures uh, for some things that you have because you believe that's this is all for material worldly beings. And most important, when you are with the Guru, all the gods restrict, whether it is Shani Maharaj or any, Shani is the satin. We say, you know, uh, <laughs> at least in India, it's believed. Everybody say, oh, Sade Sati. You know, what does it mean? They have the seven and a half seven and a half year period it happens three times in your life and if you believe in this astrology nonsense okay i don't believe it anymore yeah i'm telling you this because i was one of the believers long ago this is much way before in time 
before I came, uh, before I met my Guruji, rather before he found me. And I used to believe in, oh, why things are not happening, right? Okay, you go to the astrologer and they'll say, oh, you have the seven and a half year period. So the first two and a half will be this, next two and a half will be this, and next two and a half will be this. So they'll give you all this and then they'll say, go to go to Shani, uh, you know, the Saturn temple and light a lamp every Saturday. You know, it is, uh, they say sesame seeds with some oil, you have to go and light lamps. All this is followed so that the impact can reduce. Yeah, it happens in the material world to a certain extent if you believe into it. But when you have the great master, none of this applies. So don't don't go about it and it's not. let's not even get into that. But yeah, worshipping, again, like I keep saying, devotional service is very important. That is not equivalent to here, the Shani Pradosha Puja. That's a different story. This is if you need some things in world. Like I say, also I said, if you want something, something should happen. Then they will instruct you, go do this. But the great gurus themselves will not do anything like this. And if you see any of the today's guru, they will do all this ritual nonsense. You can see anybody. They are all just believing this. And there is no shraddha in that also. That ritual also, they are doing it for a show off in the world. They are not serious about it. See, any, any prayer, you know, in Krishna, in Krishna Ashram here, we follow devotional service where it is bhakti. Whatever the prayers we do is ordained by Lord Sri Krishna himself. And that is the prayers we do. And it is bhakti, it's devotional service. And wait for the chapter in Uddhav Gita and you will learn what Lord Sri Krishna is instructing. How do you, you know, worship him? How do you do devotional service to him? Look forward to it. So coming back, the king made the shepherd boy the ruler of the shepherd community and gifted him with many villages to rule. The shepherd boy's mother felt very penitent and for the sacrilege she had committed by casting away the stone. That is, she was, she was, she was feeling, she was regretting, she was repenting. Which her son was worshipping with such great devotion, having witnessed the emergence of Jyotirlinga as a fruition and reward for the worship done by her child, she also was filled with great devotion. In her next birth, she became, sorry, she was born as Yashoda Maya. As foretold by Lord Shiva, she became the foster mother of Lord Sri Krishna. This was the merit she earned by merely witnessing the Shani Pradosha puja being done by her son. Had she done the puja herself, Lord Sri Krishna would have been born to herself as her own son. Sri Padshivalla finally said to Ambika, If you do the Shani Pradosha puja devotedly and regularly, you will certainly bear God himself as your own child in your next life. Sri Padshivalla then blessed Ambika's son with the, with the mere touch of Sri Pada. The boy became fully enlightened. Wisdom and knowledge dawned on him. He became proficient in all the scriptures making the mother happy in all measures. This is what you need to do. What does it mean here? The simple example is that when you have evolved and when your Guruji blesses you, it is with his grace will you have God realization. Moksha mulam gurur krupam. So nothing can happen without the krupa of your Guru. Only with your Guru's grace. So first, please the Parabrahman and he is going to see how much you are going to strive for your purification. He needs to see the transformation in you. The moment he sees that ego, that anger, that avarice, jealous, envy, hatred, animosity, you are not going to go anywhere. Please remember, you will be there only, wherever you are. Till the time you don't overcome all of this, no God realization can happen. Your heart 
has to be pure like the chaste the chaste divine being who is lord datatreya's mother that is anusuya you have to become the datatreya muni and anusuya for datta to be born in you so become that and let us evolve and have the god realization attain the guru bhakti and you will attain the bhakti of your ishta the sense the eighth chapter of shri guru charitra describing the shani pradosha puja mahamyam glory to the all merciful the omnipresent and the ever responsive guru nanak so we end the chapter here today we are at the end of the hour so we'll start continue with the next chapter tomorrow thank you for joining shri guru charitra parayan i wish you all a very happy gurumukh and have a wonderful day Om Shri Mahaganesh Om Shri Mahaganapate Namaha Om Shri Gurudev Dattam Om Shri Tachidananda Sadguru Sainath Maharaj ki jai Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Digambara Digambara Shri Padvallabha Digambara Om Shri Krishna Guru Nathanathaya Shri Gurave Namaha Om Devi Durgaaya Namaha Om Shri Krishna Arpanam Namastu Krishnam Vande Jagadguru